coming up on Inside the NRL, the finals countdown is on, but are South Sydney still serious contenders? Plus, West Tigers skipper Moses Embai joins us in studio. And Brisbane Bronco to beat a Pangai Junior to fight at the NRL judiciary, but does he have a case? Hello, thanks for joining us in Inside the NRL. 25 sleeps until the NRL Telstra Premiership Finals kick off. And I'm pretty sure I did my maths right. I did do that twice. So let's hope when we count back, uh, no fan corrects me. To talk about the finals, though, one team who is looking for the run into that top eight is the West Tigers. Thank you, Moses Zembai, for joining us on Inside the NRL. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, you put your fans in a pretty awkward position. Yeah. You're 11th. You've got three games left. It's not the best position to be in. Um, how is the team feeling? You're feeling quite stressed with only that amount of games to go? Yeah, we seem to be making a habit of uh, keeping the fans on their toes, but yeah, it's not the ideal spot to be in, but we're still a chance. We're alive and, uh, you know, the boys are aware of that. And, uh, you know, for us, we've just got to win games now. We've got, to, we've got three games to go in the fixtures and we need to win all three of them. Mm -hmm. Moses, how, how are you going with your injury? Because obviously there's mixed reports in regards to where you're at. Uh, potentially may miss the rest of the season. Is that a chance? Oh, look, I... We're going to manage it to see how we go. At the moment, it's um, you know it's only been a week since since I've had the injury, and I've, I've actually had a little trot in the field today, and uh, you know going through the rehab uh, stages. So look, fingers crossed, I do get back out there, and uh, you know I'm going to be doing all the rehab and all the work I can uh, to get it right. We've got a really good medical team there at the Tigers, and and uh, you know good coaching team to manage that. So fingers crossed, I get back out there and um, you know play some more footy. You've you've decided to go with the plasma therapy. Can you talk us through what actually happens and how that'll help your your healing? Yeah, so I'm not too across the scientific terms of it all, but they, um, you know, it's some sort of blood procedure where you get some enriched uh, things in the, within your blood, and they, um, you know, it's got some anti-inflammatories in it and uh, things to uh, speed up the process of your healing. So, uh, yeah, been giving that a crack, and uh, you know, I think it's pretty popular throughout the game, and um, you know, so hopefully that really kickstarts my uh, recovery and uh, get back quicker than I, I expect. What do you say to Tigers fans about a missed opportunity again? Because you've got a squad there that's definitely you know, good enough to be able to compete and make the eight. At times this year, you've been on fire. But again, another missed opportunity, not making the finals. Yeah, for sure. Look, I think our season's still alive. We're not, we're not completely out of it mathematically. And um, until that happens, we'll, we, you know, we, we want to be optimistic about it. And, uh, you know, we, we're aware how many opportunities we have missed. And I guess, you know, that's what... That, that's the that's greatest thing about our game, really. It's such a tight competition and they are so hard to... Games are so hard to win these days. Everyone's so competitive. Teams are so good, so strong, quick, powerful. And uh, For us, uh, you know, we, we know where we've gone wrong and, uh, you know, we've rejinked a few things here and there and, uh, you know, our focus is on going forward now. We need to just focus on our next three games and not worry about what we've missed out on. Pre-season going into 2020, what's the one thing that Moses Zembal would like to see his squad improve on if they are to make the finals? I know you're still in calculations this year, but it is up, you know, uphill. But yeah. next year going in, what, what's the one thing that you think the club needs to improve on? Oh, look, I, I, there's, there's obviously a number of things. Yeah, there's so much goes into as you know. But, uh, look, I think that I think as a as a group we could probably be a little bit more resilient to situations that we we find ourselves in. Um, you know we've had we, we also probably had consistency across the park. I think um, as you know we've had some opportunities to to ice some gains and we haven't. And uh, you know we've knocked over some really quality teams and then the teams we I guess we're expected to beat we we get beat by. So that's been a trend over not just this year but the last you know few years. So that's something that I'd like to improve on uh, as a group and as a club. So. Uh, there's a few things we want to focus on, and you know, 2020 is so far away these days in rugby league. It's a, that's a, you know, that's a millennial way. So we'll just uh, focus about next week at the moment, and uh, you know, we'll worry about that when we get there. 
when we're looking at short term, uh, you obviously lost Jacob Little and Robbie Farah this mm. week. What's Madge's idea of, uh, is he going to push Josh Reynolds back into that ninth spot? Uh, we hope, we're expecting that, yeah. So we're talking to, obviously, uh, Josh, he's an experienced player. It's luxury to have someone of that calibre to come in and, and play that role. And he, he's, he's played there before. He's, he's actually played Origin uh, there before. So I've uh, certainly got some experience in him coming in. And, uh, you know, he's chomping at the bit, obviously been, uh, you know, quite unlucky with injury in the past well, since he's joined the Tigers and hasn't played too much NRL this year but he's, he's ready to go and uh, you know whichever way Madge goes with the side he'll be, he'll be ready to be putting his hand up for sure. Moses you're very close friends with Josh how hard's it been for you to watch this year unfold the way it has he hasn't really been given opportunity and now has been told he can find the new club what's that been like for you as a captain but also as his friend? Yeah look it's been for, for myself you know for the role I need to play is um, Friend first, you know. First of all, I'm, I'm a good friend of Josh, as you said, and spent a lot of time with him at the pre at my previous club. And uh, yeah, the most important thing is being a friend for him, and you know, supporting him through uh, other battles he's had too. You know, he's had a lot of things going off uh, in his personal life, um, things that have happened. So, uh, you know, he's as resilient as anything, Josh, and he's, uh, you know, he's a he's a little warrior. He always he's always in for the fight, and uh, that's a, that's the best thing about him, and that's why you know he's got so many friends. So. Uh, look, he's had a tough year, but you know, it's, he, he would have got plenty of lessons out of it. Um, and I'm sure you know, he gets an opportunity to play this week. And uh, you know, all those lessons he's learned on and off the field, he, he can take that out there this week and prove his point. And uh, you know, whether he remain at the Tigers or another club, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a really good platform for him to build off. Just back on that number nine and filling it, in terms of next year, if Josh Reynolds is free to look at other clubs, who do you think could fit that number nine jersey? Because we did see Isaac Luke. Um, yeah. Show his interest <laughs> on Twitter. He replied to a tweet, I would come in a heartbeat. And actually, underneath that tweet, Chris Lawrence wrote, oh, not Chris Lawrence, sorry, Chris McQueen, do it. And I thought, ooh, oh, yeah. is something boiling here? Maybe. You might, have been on the, you might have been on the phone to Madge, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, look, obviously, Isaac's got a really good relationship with Madge. They won, won the comp back in 2014, unfortunately, to us. So... Um, <laughs> But yeah, look, he's obviously got a good relationship with him there. He's a quality player. He has been for a number of years. And, um, you know, early in the year, he was he was playing behind uh, Nathaniel Roach, who's also out with an injury. But uh, yeah, look, we're obviously down uh, dummy halves at the moment. Um, Farah's announced his retirement. And um, yeah, poor Jacob Little's suffered a uh, you know, quite extensive injury, which is unfortunate for himself. He was looking like he was going to be a really quality player uh, back into this year and into next year. So uh, I'm not quite sure the direction that our recruitment wants to go at the moment. But um, now we've obviously got Josh there um, and he he'll, looks like he'll have run at nine this week and I guess see how he goes and um, leave, that, leave that big decision up to the coaches and the <laughs> recruitment. Well, I think. It's a big decision because obviously... Yeah. With no Jacob Little for most of next year and Robbie Farah retiring, you know there's talks about Michael Leisha, maybe Api Corasau, but just on Api Corasau, apparently the Panthers have shown interest as well, Katie, uh, to bring him to the club next year. So that'll be interesting to see. There's a few cub clubs interested in in Corusau, Tigers, the Warriors, and, and now the Panthers are in the race. So would Robbie go around again? Yeah, oh. SOS, if it comes. <laughs> okay, let's, let's give him a buzz. Eh? Get, get him on the phone. Let's ask him. Oh look, I, I don't know. I think. For Robbie, I know he's got uh, a few things that he's he's uh, he's really dedicated to off the field. He's got a, he's got a company uh, yeah. in, in two four seven to give mm. it a plug. We'll get something out of that. <laughs> a couple of tickets come my way, but um, yeah, look, he, he's got a few things that I know he's planned out, um, you know, around his retirement. So I'm not quite sure where he's at with that. And uh, obviously, he's injured at the moment too, and it's probably a bit hard to, I guess, um, you know, figure out your future when you're under that cloud of injury and things like that. I mean, he, I know he's he's, he's really keen to get back this year and uh, play in the back end of the season. So I guess cross that bridge when it gets to it. But, um, yeah, we've got a, we've, I think we've got 
know, yeah, obviously thin. I think the game's probably... Yeah. It seems like hookers are the ones that you need at the moment. But, um, yeah, wait and see. It might have Isaac Lou, who knows? You've played <laughs> every knows? position. Maybe you'll end up at... Maybe I'll end up at... <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I might end up there. <laughs> now, you talk about mathematically still being in the race to, for the finals. You play the Knights this weekend. Then you've got the Dragons and the Sharks. Let's take a look at everybody's run home. Um, you two, gents, I think you've got to pick your last two that fit into that top eight. I know a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the Broncos not being a chance in the top eight. They're now sitting seventh. Yeah, well, the Broncos, a uh, tough game this week against the Rabbitohs and out of form Rabbitohs. I think I had, we all did that league uh, ladder predictor on NRL.com and the West Tigers, uh, before they let a couple of games slip, were well and truly in that eight. So uh, I've got the Sharks still. I'm still uh, on the Sharks bandwagon. The Panthers have a tough run home. So maybe the Newcastle Knights, if they can win, that's a manageable run home for the Knights, Jamison. Yeah, no offence to Moses, but the Tigers, you know, under strength, the Titans, oh. and then a big game against yeah. Penrith at Penrith the last round. Yeah, I tend to agree with Jamie with the Titans and Tigers over the next couple of weeks. That last game against the Panthers at Penrith Stadium is going to be huge. The Broncos, uh, that was a big win that sort of puts Penrith mm. back a little bit, but they got a tough run. The Rabbits against Wayne Bennett against his old, yeah, heading back to Brisbane for the first time. And then the Eels to finish up with the Dogs. I don't think the Broncos are home and hose just yet. I, I think the Knights may make a little a late run here. Mm. Mm. Well, they're down players now too, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, either way, the if the Tigers can win these next two games, it sets up a mouth-watering clash. Last game, potentially, Robbie Farris against Paul Gallen. You well, he so plays definitely the last game. If it's at Leichhardt and they need to play to get in the eight. He'll play in one league. Of course. Yeah. Play with, <laughs> he'll anything, play with crutches. Anything to play at Leichhardt <laughs> over for his final game. Uh, let's get into some judiciary news now. And there was plenty of um, big names who escaped bans this week. But one player who has created plenty of headlines is Jaster Vunger and his hit um, on Cooper Cronk. Grade one dangerous contact here. And we need to bring up that... It was similar to your teammate, actually, Moses Luke Garner, but he didn't have any carryover points, so he's been able to avoid that ban. He goes to the judiciary tomorrow night. If he does plead guilty, he will get off. Jens, do you think that's a fair call? To, to let him get off from that? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely. Do you think it's the same? I think it's exactly it? the same. Yep. Look, the problem we're getting into is the playmakers, it's the late hits from the playmakers when they get rid of the ball, but if you turn your back going in to pass the ball and you get shot, that's... That's footy. We play a contact yeah. sport. Unfortunately, there's going to be times. Now, I never took it to the line too much, so I didn't have to worry about that. But in terms of what we've seen with Lewis last week with Garner, I thought that was play on the Chris Smith one. And if you, that's at slow speed, what is Jazz Tavanga supposed to do there? Mm. Now, the, the difference between that and the Tavita Pengai Jr. one at the start of the year in Cooper Cronk, where the ball's actually gone for a second, that's completely different. But we're getting into murky waters. Oh. I'd, I'm come as a fan. If the NRL's announced they're going to crack down on late shots, yeah, but I'm comfortable with that being the standard as a grade one. I'm comfortable with that. Luke Garner as, as well. If that's what they're going to keep going with, that's fine. But Chris Smith, I think that was 22 rounds. Fun. We've well, waited. Well, Moses, you, you've been, you've seen this. You saw Luke Garner, the influence that had on the game. Are yeah. you comfortable with that being the standard? Look, I think with these two calls, they're consistent, which is that's all the players have ever asked for is the consistency of it. I've, it's hard because I've always been an advocate for the to get rid of the late hit. I don't, I don't like it because of. You know, puts you in a position where you don't need to be the way they, these ones, they're, they're so, and they're so hard to define uh, to tell the difference between yeah. them, the, the dangerous ones and not. But I don't think it's worth ten minutes because no. I don't think, you know, you, pitch, like you put it, you're playing a grand final, you're going to play down a man, is you're going to let that determine the game. I think that's a big point. I think it's a penalty certainly because I don't like the late hit, mm. but I just. I don't know if it's worth 10 minutes. And the other thing is, it's taking 22 rounds to get this consistency in because Tavita Pengai Jr., I can't remember if he got 
10 in the bin or not. Mm. So we're, now we're seeing a crackdown. Yeah. Well, now we're seeing a crackdown yeah. on it more than ever. You can't argue with. I think yeah. you can't argue with the consistency with those calls, though. I think they've done a really good job around that. I thought the um, Luke Garner one and that Jastavunga one, even the Chris Smith one, they were, they were similar and they, they, they all got the same. They got all got in bin. So there's consistency across the board and. If that's what we're going to work with, at least we know where we stand with it. I would say just quickly, Moses brought up a good point. It's going to cost someone in a big game. That's not worth ten. Well, if, if, if that's the standard they keep upholding for the rest of the season, then teams will at teams least will we know where we're working with. We'll exactly. Yeah. If there's consistency, you can you can, I guess you know where you're going. You know exactly what you can't do, and it's black and white, and that's all you need. So particularly for the last. If that's what they want to get rid of. Then we'll, we'll, we agree with that. Yeah. The next one is um, Tavita Pangai Junior. So he is set to meet with the judiciary tomorrow night. Uh, he's facing a grade two crusher on James Maloney. Now, if he uh, did fight that charge and failed, he would get up to five weeks. Mm. Do you think that's worthy, gents? I mean, if he if he yeah, is successful, I think he'll get one game. Yeah, that's a hard one. I I, I just I don't know what, what can he do. Like, does he wait for him to to get in a good position and potentially offload the ball mm. and get a second phase? It's like he's in a wrong position, and I think in this game. Every now and then it's going to happen. Blade contact sport, you're going to get in dangerous positions every now and then. You want to avoid as much as you can, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard one. He was a crusher, and, um, but five weeks, I know yeah. he's got loading. Five weeks is pretty, uh, that's a pretty hefty, considering is, the timing of the year. It is tough. I wonder how much yeah. of that was, you know, they're up by 12 points with a minute to go. Anthony Seabold would be filthy. One of the strike players. That's the way he plays. That's how you want him to play. You want it. Yeah, they, yeah they want I, to I, I understand that. But if I'm out there as a halfback and my my big guy is doing that at the end of the game, yeah. we're up twelve and we're fighting to get in the eight, and we need him on the field. He's no good to us in the stands. Do you want the big guys to think that much, though? <laughs> with 12, with a minute to go, and twelve up. I, I wouldn't want Sam yeah, Burgess doing that yeah. with twelve up. Yeah, a minute to go. That's that's what I'm saying. Look, as for the force. He opens his arm up and he's been penalised for it. The game's so fast, though, too. Like, I mean, we're, we're watching that in slow-mo. But Moses is right. What's his, like, is he supposed to wait till he gets in a better position than tackle him? It's not like... That one last week with Nelson on Dean Breit was far worse. And, and Nelson didn't get charged. When they get him in a position, they manoeuvre him and then they push, perform the crusher tackle. That's far worse than yeah. that. It's just... It's, it's hard. Like, it's, like you said, it's played so quick and... You're thinking you need to, the, the, you know, the, you need to kill the tackle. It's like, what do you do? You wait for an offload and then it's they score and you go, why don't you jump on him? It's, yeah. It's a hard one. It's, and you're not really thinking much. Yeah. You're just knowing that you've got to make that In tackle. That moment, it's yeah. Typical. But I know they've, they've, they've given him a penalty, so... I'm talking like I've played. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that to you two. <laughs> uh, now, this isn't judiciary news, but it's created plenty of talk. Cameron Smith always does. Uh, now, some would say that it was grubby tactics, but if we take a look at um, this vision here, it's a bit of ear twisting, a bit of a bit of rubbish, as Ben Cummins called it, on Bailey Simonson. Now. Um, he didn't, he's just been given an official call out, like, we've seen what you've done. But we should take a listen to what happened because after the Raiders scored the winning try, Cam Smith took it back and said, why did I get that penalty? Wondering why. Hey, Cameron. <laughs> uh, rubbish on the face, mate. And it was you. <laughs> mate, rubbish on the face. Yeah. Okay, no worries. Thanks. That's the call, mate. Cameron, that's it. You're milking there. You're locking him in, mate. I can't... I, no, no, no. Uh, I'm, I can't. Not saying, I'm not saying... Well, I didn't see that, so... Hey, rubbish on the face. Yeah. I, got, I, 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 I can only say it so many times, mate. 
Ah, he's one of the best in the game, isn't he? <laughs> well, I wonder how much of I wonder how much the lead up into that week and all the talks about Melbourne's tactics actually contributed to that penalty there because it was a I, I imagine you get plenty of those in the game, but he's been given a concerning act notice, Cameron, uh, on the back of this incident on Bailey here. So uh, I think whatever tactic or agendas were at play last week in the media in regards to Melbourne's defensive style and their wrestling tactics may have influenced this decision. Yeah, look, I think, yeah, the Melbourne Storm would be sick of every time someone comes down to play them because Manly had an agenda going down there, they get beat because the referees are looking for it. Now Canberra have gone down there looking for it. So if you're Melbourne Storm, you know, why are we trying to bring... They're just better at it than everyone else. And, yeah, you got caught there, but I've got no issue with it. If the NRL's got a problem with it, they need to go down and put the big boy pants on and tell the Melbourne Storm to stop it or they're going to be penalised for it. So, But every time you go to Melbourne now, you try and take the attention away from the game by pointing out the flaws in their game, the way they're stretching the rules. Every team stretches the rules. Some teams are better at it than the others. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Yeah, we even see, we saw your teammate Luke Brooks uh, put a cheeky knee in in one of the tackles. He, he'll take the early guilty, you think, and pay the fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we practice that at wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> are, are Melbourne, the, are Melbourne overstepping the mark, or are they just better at it? They're, they're very good at it. They, they're very good at it. And they've been they've probably been the benchmark at it for a number of years now, and they've um, you know they do a lot of work with that. They've got a really good defensive coach down there, and uh, yeah, they do a lot of work on it. And look. I don't know what do you, what do you, you know, how do you police it? You scrutinise every single t it's hard. Like they're they're so good at it and they're getting away with it. And you know, wish, wish we wish we were doing it. Wish we were getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In some other news, we um, did hear Parramatta Eel Sean Lane talk to media earlier today um, after he was fined by the club for being in an image that brought the game in disrepute with a white substance. Here's what he had to say. Can you tell us about it? What was in that bag? Um, I went through a process with the integrity unit, um, told them everything, but um, yeah, if, if there's suggestions that it was any illicit substances or anything like that, um, I didn't do anything illegal and um, that's what they found as well and um, I've got my punishment for what I have done and I take full account accountability for taking that photo and um, yeah, for looking silly and bring, bringing the game into disrepute, so I've accepted my, my punishment. Do you know who leaked it to the media? <coughs> Um, it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, you know, it starts and, and ends with me and my actions and um, I was the one silly enough to, to take the video and send it around so um, of myself looking looking quite stupid and putting the game in a, in a bad position, you know, so um, yeah, I take full accountability for everything. Does he deserve the fine, gents? It's a big fine, $7,500. Obviously, it's a, a mistake he's made and a costly one. It sort of brings up the question again around Mad Monday because this has alleged to take place on Manly's Mad Monday last year before he left the club. And given the events that unfolded with Canterbury, it sort of brings Mad Monday into the question again. I made as a captain of the club, Moses, your Mad Monday may be a few weeks away. What, what do you tell guys? Because it's going to be highlighted what every club does over the next day, yeah. few weeks. Oh, look, I, I think it's you, you, you have to be accountable for, for your actions and you have to be, you know, the, the, in this day and age, how we play is so scrutinising everything you do off the field. You just have to be aware of your surroundings and you know, you've got to be mindful of it and you, you just got to be careful, mate. you just got to be careful. If everyone's got a phone, every, pho every, every phone has a camera and then everyone's on social media and that's how it spreads exactly like this and um, you know, you just got to be so careful of what you're doing. So that, that'd, be, that'd be my message to the players. I think you can't go down the, the path of you know, treating men like boys. I think um, you, know, you want to go to the pub and have a few beers and 
you know, that's, that's what you want to do. That's, you can't go, get too, too scrutinised, but um, you've just got to be careful. Yeah, I think if the players realise that the scrutiny's on them, which mm. they already know, they make the decisions at the end of the day. So yeah. when it comes to Mad Monday, sure, go out and enjoy yourself, but just remember that people will be watching. Yeah. And I think the fine, the NRL's come down and made a stance now with Sean Lane, and it's probably a, a stern warning to those teams that aren't going to make the eight to say, you know, let's, let's make sure that, you one, you're on your best behaviour, and that, two, you're not doing anything stupid that's going to jeopardise your career or the club's future. Are you for or against banning Mad Monday? I don't want to ban it. No. Yeah. I don't Against, want to ban it. Please. Yeah. We'll be having one, won't we? I think so. I've got to go and film you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you guys are filming us. <laughs> that's about as fine up as we get. What we're ordering for dinner. Oh, that's very good. All right, well, we'll finish things off before we let you go. We need to find out your sweet or sour, Jamie. Yeah, sweet or sour. I went a little bit sweet this week, I think, with the uh, victory down in Melbourne for the Canberra Raiders. I see Soliola, one of the nice guys of the NRL. Just have a look at how many Raiders fans. I don't know if they've all made the trip, but certainly turned out. And for Sia to be able to take the time, he did it at Penrith. Uh, this is coming huge in the NRL. It's going viral with Sia going over there. Uh, as an opposition player, you probably don't like it too much, but I think it's fantastic that the Raiders and, and all clubs and all their players are spending so much time after the game. I think it's a real transition now that we've made that players you know, don't rush off to the sheds. They're actually giving you know, time to the fans. They're giving away all their gear. So well done to all the clubs for supporting that, the coaches as well. I think it's a really big movement in the NRL at the moment. And well done the Canberra Raiders fans for turning out in what was a memorable win down in Melbourne. Does any club do that better? Like have a thing that's like the Viking club? Uh, no, that's yeah. that's just... No, as in, okay, that's not what I meant. I should have picked my words better. But a celebration or something Oh, yeah, like Cronulla Sharks do up, up. It's awful. Uh, no, I think, I think the Viking Club... I've yeah, actually Viking hit that drum before. You, you've hit yeah. the drum? Yep, I got asked to hit that drum at Magic Round. <laughs> How good is that? What an honour. I know, I, just, I thought it was all right. <laughs> I know. All right. Thank you very much for joining us, Moses. Thanks good for having luck. me. Uh, you're not playing, but good luck to your team this Thank week. Thank you very much. You're playing the Knights, and yep. um, you upset them last week. I mean, last time you played, so be careful mm. this week. They will be out. It's actually going to be good. Is 11th and 10th and 11th? Mmm. Mmm. Oh, mm. <laughs> Must win. Must win. All right. Uh, also, today, the State of Origin opener is going to be at Adelaide. It was announced, and the tickets are on sale, but our reporter, Zach Bailey, was down there. He was joined by Kevy Walters. Well, in just under 300 days, uh, Game 1 of the 2020 State of Origin Series will be held right here at Adelaide Oval. Kevin Walters, it's a while away, but it's yeah. still exciting. Well, it is very exciting, particularly with uh, the Adelaide Oval's had a revamp in the last couple of years, and you can just see now you know, what a great experience it's going to be for everyone involved, not just the players, but all the staff, all the supporters from both states. It's going to be a, a really iconic match, this one. First Origin match in Adelaide, but you've actually played here before back in the 90s. Yeah, I had a game here against the Dragons in, in 92 and I also played in Adelaide through the Super League era against uh, the Adelaide Rams. We had a game, uh, wasn't here, but uh, yeah, no, so I mean it's great to bring rugby league, you know, over to South Australia and particularly Adelaide. Uh, I feel like, you know, they don't get enough. They get one NRL game a year here with the Storm uh, playing the Roosters, but I think bringing Origin here is just such a, a fabulous idea. We're looking forward to it. 
is it 300 days? Is that all we got? We better get home and get prepared, eh? 290 to be exact, so nine months, 16 days. The big question is, how, what do you do in terms of preparation between now and game one? Oh, there's always plenty to do, uh, particularly you know around all of our staff and also um, you know our players, making sure that they finish this, the season off strongly. And then we've got all our emerging camps and that through uh, November, December and January, February. So yeah, plenty to do from an origin point of view, and particularly um, looking forward to next year's year series with Game 1 being here, Game 2 in Sydney and, and then uh, we wrap the series up at Suncorp Stadium in Game 3. So close in this year's series, I don't know if it still hurts when I bring yeah. it up, but do you yeah. spend much time reflecting on it and going over it with your assistants or do you just purely go, you know, that's behind us now, let's move forward? Oh, no. Yeah, we've done a full review of the series and, you know, I felt that, um, you know, we're very good in Game 1, not so good in Game 2 and Game 3, you know, went down to the last sort of 30 seconds um, in that period. So, you know, we didn't win the series and that's disappointing, but I, I thought we gave a really good account of ourselves and, you know, it just makes you more hungry, you know, for next year now with the series and particularly with the game being here in Adelaide. It's, it's foreign territory for both teams for game one, which makes it, you know, even more important. We do know that uh, how important it is to start your series off well and, and to get a win up here would be, a, you know, a really good bonus for the Queensland team. Kevy Walters and our NRL.com reporter, Zach Bailey, there. Tickets will come on sale in the new year, but if you do book at NRLtravel.com, they do have some exclusive experiences on sale. So make sure you check that out. I think it's like flights, accommodation, a winery, and you're not for it because you don't like Origin oh, being anywhere else. So I'll do the gig for NRL yeah, Travel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the free. You did one. Yeah, I did one for, oh, for, for Game 3. Game three. So. Yeah, I'm like, I can make the trip to Adelaide. For yeah, yeah, sounds good. You have to talk to NRL Travel about that one. <laughs> hey, um, Michael, you've got Team of the Decade. Yes, the Team of the Decade. Uh, on Wednesday, we'll be uh, announcing the Team of the Decade. We've got an all-star judging panel. Phil Gould, Mal Meninga, Wally Lewis, Andrew Johns, Darren Lockyer, Trent Steve Robinson, Craig, yeah, Craig Bellamy. Wow, it's an all-star just to cast, name a few, so, or 100 yeah, of them. Yeah, there's 20 odd judges. <laughs> so they put in their 1 to 17. Um, we've got a couple for you today. We've got uh, the great Craig Bellamy's team of the decade for us. He's um, had a little look into what he believes is the best 17 over the 2010 to 2019. Uh, Billy Slater, obviously, a fullback there. A couple of interesting ones. Steve Maddai earns a position in his centres over Will Chambers, which is mm. fascinating to say the least. Uh, Taumalolo Locke, probably ahead of Paul Gallon there. Sonny Bill Williams in the back row. Uh, and no room for Sam Burgess in his starting side on the bench. Paul Gallon on the bench. And one of his favourites, Cameron Munster, sneaks in there. Uh, so we've got Craig Bellamy's team. We've also got the great Mal Meninga's team as well. Wow. So a few teams over the course of the next few days before we run out the uh, official 17 on Wednesday. Cannot wait. Also, how does he not have one of his own wingers in that side? In like who? Bunavalu or yeah, yeah. Adokar? Well, yeah, there's, he's got some incredible outside back. Yeah, Corbidi, They've. I think they've rotated the wings possibly... Yeah, you know, for the last couple of years. So I don't know was if Was Greg been... Inglis in that side? I know he's not a winger, but would you... Yeah, I thought he, he was in the centres, wasn't he's he? He's in the centres. Every, every single one of the judges picked Greg Inglis in their centres. So Ooh, there's a few players. Oh, don't reveal too much. Mm. Well, oh. I'm putting him under the microscope on Wednesday. Powwow with Sowwow. Okay, so on the podcast? On the podcast, on the NRL podcast. So we're going to put him through his... See, what, see if he knows as much as he says he knows. Jamie Soward in my halves? Look, no, you, please. You do a lot, so. <laughs> no, we'll both reveal our, our teams of the decade uh, in the podcast on Wednesday. Oh, very good. What time will that be on NRL.com? Uh, Friday. They'll get it up Friday. Great. So we'll cut it and make sure we get rid of all his jibber and then uh, make sure we get down to business. Because you don't have any jibber in there. No jibber. Perfect, as always. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, let's get to hit or miss. 
All right, uh, Souths are just making up numbers in the top eight. Hit or miss? Oh, miss for me. I, if they weren't coached by Wayne Bennett, I'd say hit. But just the Wayne Bennett factor around finals and getting his team ready mentally, I think, I think Souths, I'm not going to write them off just yet. They're, they're up against it. They've got injuries. Their players are not playing well. And for me, it comes off the back of Cody Walker struggling. It's, whether it's coincidence or not, Cody Walker has struggled for the Rabbitohs since being overlooked after game one, whether it's mentally or physically, given the, you know, the fact that they've got a lot of players injured. If you have a look at his round one to 11, he scored 11 tries in that period, only two since. He's down on a lot of key numbers. I just think Cody Walker needs to get that confidence back and get his team going again, because South Sydney at the moment, the way they're playing, aren't going to make a dent. Yes, they'll miss the eight, so they'll, they won't, they'll just make up numbers in the eight, but this man next to me knows more than anyone about the coach and what he can do in September. Yeah, look, I think it's a, a hit for me. I, I, you know, I watched South Sydney play pretty closely the last couple of weeks. I've given a bit of a leeway in the power rankings, knowing that Wayne Bennett factor might kick in, but you saw some really disappointing signs on Saturday night, their lack of enthusiasm and energy to get up for those games against teams that they should beat. Um, I would totally disagree on the, the Cody Walker front. I think you look at those stats and sometimes as a half it's easy to look at the numbers and not look at how you're playing the game. I think that Adam Reynolds is under a little bit of scrutiny as well in terms of being able to put the ball in position and, and get the team going. But yeah, you know, Sam Burgess injured again on the weekend. They, they just look like they've run out of, of guys that have just been able to step up in that spot. So yeah, I would say hit. I haven't liked what I've seen from South Sydney the last couple of weeks. Whether Cody Walker's out of form or not has, has nothing to do with it if your forwards aren't getting you in position. Um, so yeah, hit for me. Good point. All right. Raiders are the biggest threat to ruin a grand final rematch. Hit or miss, Jamie? Miss. I think there's a couple. I think Manly, uh, definitely. You know, they haven't gone anywhere. But, yeah, the Raiders, fantastic last week. The, again, the, the point I keep looking at is against the rest of the competition, they average 14 points defensively. Against the, the power four, all those top sides, including South, South, I guess, it's about 20 to 22. So, again, an 18-point lead. You know, one of those things that has never happened in Melbourne. Uh, but, you know, I just have to a miss. I just think there's a, a team out there and the Raiders, uh, the Roosters in Melbourne, the Roosters are in third gear. Okay. So you think Manly's a bigger threat to that rematch than the Raiders, the way they showed on the week? I know, I know the, Ra the Seagulls got the job done as well, but it's a hit for me. I, I think they're the third well, best team. they play each other this week. Yeah. It'll be great. They're the third best team in the competition. We'll find out. Which one of them probably... Oh, even, even if Manly win this week, the way they did went down there and they conceded two tries with players in the bin to get the job done in Melbourne, it's just... It's huge for their confidence. But imagine they win week one and then get a home final in Canberra in a prelim. I'd say they're guaranteed a grand final berth. If they can win week one, they'll win oh, at home. They'll win at home. Kiss of death. They'll All win right. at home. Okay, so you're a miss. So I'm on them. Oh, well, I wasn't really... We had I really believe that they can go on, and, but I don't know if they're the biggest threat come finals. It's going to say... If they have to match up against Melbourne week one and go back down there, if, well, they, slip, if they slip the fourth, mm. well, they have to come up against the Roosters at the SCG who are averaging 40 points. All of a sudden, they're in a sudden death playoff against... Probably have to come to Sydney and play against the Sharks or someone like that, maybe Parramatta at Bank West, and you never ever know. So, yeah. it, it, trust me, I've been in those positions where you're flying. You know, 2009, looked like we weren't going to be beaten. All of a sudden, lose 1v8. <laughs> we go to Brisbane, we get bounced in you know, quite easily. So, it, it can happen. Finals are, are completely different. Yeah, for sure. All right, last but not least, before we get to champ or chump, Wade Graham should have confessed to touching the ball during the game. Now, before I get your questions, he did admit it post-match that he touched it. Take a listen. Honesty test. Did you touch it? Yeah, it clipped my arm, but yeah, I wasn't sure what the refs are going to do. They, they both are trying. 
Okay, so should he have confessed to the ref during the game? Hit or miss, Michael? Uh, miss, miss. Uh, it would have been, it would have been a, a landmark moment if he did, because we, we saw Adam Gilchrist many years ago in cricket sort of walk after nicking one. I, this would have been one of those ones we've been talking about for years if he went up to the to the referee and said, "Mate, I touched this." Uh, but I don't think any rugby league player <laughs> would have been in that situation, <laughs> gone up to the referee and confessed. So I don't think you can uh, have a crack at Wade Graham. I don't think they'd be very happy with him, his teammates. He'd all miss. Oh, I can't believe you're asking me. Dogs, dogs fans are up in arms everywhere. <laughs> Still haven't forgiven me for 2009. No chance. If the referee play the whistle, if they can't see in the bunker that it's touched his arm air, which I can see after watching three times, then you know what's he supposed to do? Yeah, mate, I did touch it. No chance. You play to win the game, uh, and if you get away with one every now and then, and they needed to on the weekend, the Sharks, then good luck to you. Okay. Are you happy with his honesty post game? Would you rather? love it? Would you rather him said, no, no, I didn't touch it? Love it. I said gone. straight after the game, I took the dive back then against the Bulldogs, and you do what you can to win. If it's yeah. within the rules and you get away with one, then some, next week it might cost you. Mm. Yeah, that's true. They're always 50-50. He did yeah. say that some go against him, some go for him. He, he got that one. All right, champ or chump? First things first, let's take a look at a security guard on Thursday night who was really mm. put through the paces, <laughs> taking his job very seriously. Because it is, we've got to keep those streakers away from the footy field. <laughs> is it too far? Um, champ, chump. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say chump oh. to the rest of the security guards. I okay. mean, <laughs> yeah, this guy, if anyone streaks, he's, he's straight <laughs> out there and, and not enough security. They all put the footy boots on. We saw them at Origin, but they don't do that warm-up. So uh, if the referees get to warm-up out in the field, then security guards should have a little warm-up session themselves. I like it. What about for you? Champ for me. That was the highlight of my weekend. I loved it. <laughs> oh, I saw that. Must have a sad weekend. That was the highlight of my weekend, weekend, as well as spending time with my lovely children. But uh, that's uh, for me, that was great. I love it. Take your job seriously, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm champing him, for sure. I've been here since 8am preparer. You just rock up 10 minutes before. You just want, you got to stretch before the hey, game. Hey, hey, that's hey, what hey, happens hey, when hey, you're hey. the talent, mate. Well, and true. what do you say? Prep in your own chump time? Chump to the rest. Yeah, preps your own time. But chump to the rest of the security for not taking <laughs> it. For not getting out there with him. <laughs> All right, very good. Last but not least, Cooper Cronk and his Falcon uh, was commentated as maybe the best Falcon of the season. You don't even know what's happened. He doesn't even know what's happened. He's spun around 360 trying to find it. Are we champing or chumping him? Uh, champ, and I can give you an exclusive. He's in my team of the decade. There's a big scoop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Catch the rest of that team on the well, power out. Scoop. Uh, He's not in everyone's team of the decade, so that's yeah. an interesting one. But for me, it's Chump. Where's the HIA? He should be coming off. What do you mean, oh. HIA? <laughs> HIA? Mate, he needs to get checked for concussion. That mate, if heavy. Tom Burgess can't be taken off for his... HIA straight away, then I think Cooper Cronk will be okay. <laughs> uh, I might chump him. You're chumping him? Yeah. It's Fine. Falcon. It's great. Uh, that's us for today. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. 3.55, Zach Bailey is back for NRL teams. Uh, Jeff Tuvey and Brett Kamali also lining up with him. If you don't want to tune in to him, which you should, we're back next Monday at the same time, 4pm. Until then, have a good one.